Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Just then there came a man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, who was dying. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years, and though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling. And falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any longer. When Jesus heard this, he replied, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be saved. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. They were all weeping and wailing for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up. Her spirit returned, and she got up at once. Then he directed them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astounded, but he ordered them to tell no one what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning we are continuing in our sermon series, Home for the Holidays. Last week, our text challenged us to ask, what kind of a reception will Jesus receive when he comes to our homes this Christmas? This morning, the text asks us, will we still believe even if Jesus doesn't show up on time. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. We pray this in the name of our coming Savior, Jesus the Christ, Emmanuel. Amen. Jairus was a man who had worked very hard to get where he was in life. He had come from a very devout family, and he had diligently studied the scriptures as well as the teachings of the rabbis. 
And he had secured all of the degrees and credentials that one could for someone who was not a priest in Israel. And he had become one of the most respected religious authorities in Galilee. He even became the head of one of the synagogues, which meant that he was responsible for taking care of the building, as well as inviting people to read scripture and preach in worship. And that meant that Jairus was a very powerful man. And he enjoyed the perks of his success. And he had grown accustomed to getting whatever he wanted in life. After all, he was successful, connected, educated, respected, wealthy. Life was pretty good for Jairus and his family. Perhaps some of you can relate. But then one day, Jairus' 12-year-old daughter became very, very sick. And so he called down to the town physician who dropped everything to come over for the leader of the synagogue's only child. But when he was unable to do anything to help the girl, he then called to the pediatric specialist in the city who took the express train to town, but he wasn't able to do anything for her either. Well, eventually, uh, they had run out of ideas, and, and the girl's condition continued to worsen. And finally, they had to tell Jairus that they were so very sorry. But there was nothing more they could do. The child was in God's hands now. And for the first time in Jairus' life, he felt completely helpless. Perhaps some of you can relate. Now, Jairus could hardly believe that this was all happening. I mean, this wasn't the way things were supposed to go. I mean, after all, he had done everything right in life. He had worked very hard. He had been a good person. He had carefully followed the law. He had devoted his life to God. He even gave 10% of his income to the church. And he had all the resources in the world available to him. But all of it meant nothing. Because not, none of it could do anything to save his little girl, his only child, the light of his life. How could he ever possibly live without her? So often in life, it is only when we are faced with the threat of losing that which is most precious to us that we realize that many of the things that we spend so much time and energy chasing after and trying to attain in life aren't really worth a hill of beans in the end. After all, what good are titles and trinkets, social status and financial success if it cannot help the ones we love? And none of these things were able to save Jairus' daughter. And so he was becoming a desperate man. And so when word came through that Jesus of Nazareth was back in town, Jairus immediately ran out the door to go find him. For he had heard stories about this Jesus, how he had performed incredible miracles and healed so many people. 
And Jairus was willing to risk anything for his daughter, even if it meant the risk of losing his job or his reputation with the other religious leaders in Galilee who by then had decided that Jesus was a serious threat who needed to go away. But he really didn't care what the others thought. It wasn't their daughter who was dying. So when Jairus found Jesus, he was surrounded by an enormous crowd who pressed in around him, making it very difficult to get close. But when the people saw who he was, they made way for him. After all, he was very important. And so Jairus came and fell down at Jesus' feet, begging him to come to his house to heal his little girl. And he almost burst into tears when Jesus quickly agreed to come. And so Jairus got up and and began trying to usher Jesus back toward his house before it was too late. But the crowd was making it so hard to move very quickly. I mean, didn't they understand that his daughter was running out of time and that Jesus needed to hurry? But just when it seemed like they were finally making some progress, suddenly Jesus stopped in his tracks with an odd look on his face, and he said, Who touched me? And Jairus thought to himself, Who touched you? Really, Jesus? Half of Galilee is touching you. What kind of a question is that? And why are you stopping? We don't have time for this. But then Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When it became clear that Jesus was not going to continue until someone came forward, a woman came trembling in fear before Jesus and fell down at his feet. Of course, everyone there knew who she was. She was someone who shouldn't have been there in the first place. For you see, this woman suffered from a chronic bleeding issue that rendered her ritually unclean. And while not physically destructive to her, it was socially devastating because it made her untouchable, literally. No one would go anywhere near her for fear that they might come into contact with her and become defiled themselves. And so for the last 12 years, she had lived in isolation from her community. And she had spent everything she had on on doctors who had been unable to cure her. And now, she was all out of resources. But she too had heard stories about this Jesus. But surely she thought a, a holy man like him would would never come near someone like her. But like Jairus, she was desperate. And so she thought if if she could just sneak up and get close enough to Jesus to, to touch him before anyone realized that she was there, then maybe she could finally be cured. And so taking an enormous risk, she... She got down and kept her head low and she slipped through the crowd as surreptitiously as she could until she just got close enough to reach through and and just touch the fringe of his robe. 
Instantly, she knew that she was healed. But then Jesus stopped the entire parade and asked who had touched him. Of course, the question was not as innocent as it might seem. For Jesus knew full well that if her healing remained a private affair, she would continue to be an outcast, feared by everyone who came near her. But that's not really living. And Jesus wanted so much more for her than that, so much more than just a healthy body. He wanted her to have life in community because that's, that's what true life is all about. And so by, by insisting that she go public with what she had done, she was bringing her healing out into the public for everyone to see and revealing that she had been cured because of her faith in him. And then he called her daughter, showing everyone there that he accepted her as a restored child of God and that they too should welcome her back into the life of the community. Turns out, even an emergency like a dying little girl would not prevent Jesus from stopping along the way to bring healing and new life to the town untouchable. Perhaps, like this woman, some of you have also felt untouchable in life. Perhaps because of something that you have done or, or something that was done to you. And perhaps you also think that surely Jesus would never stop for someone like you. Besides, he must be incredibly busy with so many other emergencies around the world. Like the staggering number of civilian deaths growing every day in Gaza. Or the continued gun violence that claims so many lives in our country. To the, the three-ring circus that is our national political scene. To... A terrible storm passing in the night. And maybe you feel hesitant to approach Jesus because you fear that maybe he will not receive you. But be very sure, Jesus doesn't care if you think you're an outcast or the most important person in town. He will stop for anyone who's willing to risk putting their faith in him. Well, by this point, Jairus was practically apoplectic, waiting helplessly as Jesus carried on a little chit-chat with this woman who clearly did not have an emergency situation like he did. And as the precious moments ticked by, Jairus became more and more agitated and frustrated. Perhaps some of you have experienced this as well. Wondering why it's taking Jesus so long to show up and fulfill all of your prayers and expectations for him. But if you'll notice in scripture, Jesus is never in a hurry. 
And so often we miss the salvation that is taking place along the way because we're so focused on the goals we want Jesus to achieve for us. But the Savior has his own agenda. And he never misses out on an opportunity to give us new life if we are paying enough attention to receive it. Even if it's not what we were praying for. Well, as Jesus continued to chat with this woman, Jairus nervously looked back toward his house and saw someone coming his way with a dark look on his face, and his heart sank like a rock. And then all of Jairus' worst fears were realized when he heard those terrible words that no parent should ever have to hear, that his, his little girl The light of his life was dead. And suddenly it seemed as if his legs were not even going to be able to hold him up. But, but then Jesus, overhearing what was said, reached out and grabbed Jairus by the arm and looked him in the eye. And he said, do not fear, only believe, and she will be saved. That's a lot to ask, don't you think? And some of you know just how hard that is. Perhaps in your life, Jairus' daughter is the marriage that was on the rocks, or the job that was in jeopardy, or the, the, the dream that was hanging by a thread, or the loved one who was very sick, and you prayed and prayed, hoping that Jesus would, would hurry on over and, and fix everything. But then your marriage crumbled. Your job disintegrated. Your, your dream was shattered. Your loved one died. Sometimes Jesus doesn't show up in time. And it could be incredibly hard to continue believing when it seems as if all of your prayers have gone unanswered. You know, one of the most difficult aspects of being a follower of Jesus is that he usually does not seem to operate according to our preferred timetables or our sensibilities. Now, we expect Jesus to be just as anxious and frantic about all of our troubles as we are. But again, Jesus is never in a hurry. Even when it seems that our lives are in crisis. For you see, Jesus is not some superhero who shows up in the nick of time to save the day. Oh, he came to save us, but he will not do so by encouraging us to cling to anything other than him. And as long as we think we can't live without whatever it is we're so afraid of losing, he will take his time. For Jesus knows that until we're 
willing to let go of all of our expectations for him, which always reach their greatest heights at Christmas time. We will never be able to receive the new life that he was born to give us. But when all of our hopes for salvation have finally died, and the Savior comes to us and assures us that life is not over as we had feared. Rather, apart from Him, we were never going to find it in the first place. The question is, do you believe this? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world who has the power to give you new life? And will you still believe even when Jesus doesn't show up in time and it appears that all hope is dead. Well, after what seemed like an eternity, they finally arrived at Jairus' home, and everyone there was wailing in grief. But Jesus said to them, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. For Jesus knew that her condition was far more temporary than any of them realized. But everyone just laughed at Jesus because they knew the truth that dead is dead and death is final. <laughs> Little did they know that they were looking at the one who himself is the truth. Emmanuel, the God who came to be with us, who has power even over death. And so Jesus went upstairs and he, he took the dead girl by the hand and said, Child, get up. And immediately her spirit returned and she came back to life again. And her parents were astounded. I mean, all they had wanted was a little medical care. But Jesus wanted so much more for them than that. Truth is, Jesus always wants so much more for us than we even want for ourselves. And the gift he wants to give us most of all is himself. Not a, a new job or a, a more exciting relationship or, or, or more money or even better health because none of those things can truly save us or give us abundant life. Only Jesus can do that. That's, that's why he's coming to your home this Christmas. Though he may not arrive as quickly as you would prefer in order to fulfill all of your expectations for him and save the day. Remember, salvation is his business, and he carries it out his own way, and he's never in a hurry. But just when it seems that, that life is over and that all hope is lost, the Savior comes and he takes you by the hand. And he says, child, 
My beloved child, get up. There is still more life to be had than you know. So do not fear, only believe.